0: Welcome back everyone this is pressed for time a gaming age podcast i'm your host today tyler and others as always i am joined by my lovely co-host benny rose
1: happy happy day everyone what's going on
0: and joining us today we have a very special guest michael rudd jacobson founder and creative director of playwood projects michael say hi to everyone
2: hello nice to meet you all
0: michael thank you so much for being here man we really appreciate it everyone that listens really appreciates it and appreciates being able to get an industry perspective being able to see behind the scenes and Behind the curtain is fantastic. So thank you so much for your time.
2: It is definitely my pleasure.
0: So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What are you in charge of over there?
2: Yeah, Playable Project is a small company. So we are only three in-house developers, and we have a small umbrella of a freelance artists. So my my job is to keep the business going, and and I. I'm handling the creative direction of, of Wartile, uh, and together with the other uh, two developers in-house, we set the gameplay and like the direction of where we are going and when we are doing what, and listening to the community feedback and everything. So it's, it's it's very much about just pointing where we are going and when to do
0: it. Awesome. So how how long have you been over there? When did you start doing all of this?
2: Uh, The the company Playwood Project or starting developing uh, Valtile is three years ago, but I've been in the game industry for more than 10 years. Uh, So I I studied digital design from the school and went into another small indie studio uh, like seven years ago. Then I went uh, to IO Interactive and been there for almost seven years working on Ken Lynch 2, uh, Dog Days, uh, as an environment artist, actually. And then uh, on Hitman, uh, the new Hitman that was released uh, a year ago. I also worked on that title for four years, uh, two other iterations of, of, of it, as a game designer and lead game designer in a period. And then I, I quit or resigned from I.O. to start up uh, my own company. And then I've been working on War Tiles since then.
0: Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm actually the guy that was lucky enough to review War Tile when it was sent over to us, and I very much enjoyed it. I'm a huge PC gamer, huge tabletop gamer, so being able to play this game that really brought the two together was just an absolute treat. So I, I really, really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, and we are glad to hear that you like it. We still know that we have some, uh, still some steps to do, but uh, I think we are on the right track.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean you can, you can see the progress from when I reviewed it back uh, I guess a couple of months ago to where it is now. There have been a lot of changes, a lot of additions and you can definitely tell that you guys have been taking the time and really listened to the feedback and made stuff that seems universally asked for get put in um, so you can definitely feel like the passion that you guys have for the project in, in it there.
2: yeah it's, uh, I mean for most I think for most indie games, passion is the real drive and motivation and uh, especially when when the community gives you either very constructive feedback or praise or something like that it's it's really re- rewarding
0: so it's uh,
2: yeah we are we i think we are pretty lucky to be able to do what we do
0: oh absolutely so you you said you guys have three in-house developers is that three developers total or is that three including you
2: no that's uh, three in total Uh, i think we would like to be a few more i mean uh, the the scope of wartile is definitely i think we should be like five or six at least uh, in-house developers Uh, but but we don't have the the finances to do that so we just have to work hard and make smart decisions and make our, our priorities the right priorities
0: yeah definitely i mean sometimes they say working with less is more it gives you i don't know not necessarily more drive to do something but you're saying, "Hey, we're working with limited resources, so we need to make every minute we have count." And a lot of times, that can help a game come out with real polish and uh, shine.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, from from uh, my time at IO Interactive, we had teams up uh, more than hundred uh, working like on on the Hitman at at the same time and uh, we were working with big teams uh, spread over different types of features or places in the game and and i mean that's also really nice because you work with like some of the best in the industry but it also uh, tends to detach people from the final product uh, from time to time so you're just working on such a small uh, part and maybe if you're unlucky that part will never be part of the, the final game and and you have been working for months or maybe years and not seeing uh, the work you have done making it to the final
0: yeah yeah that would that would definitely be frustrating, hard to work or at least hard for me to work like that sometimes so let's talk about wartile some more discuss that a bit and then branch out a little bit. What was the basis for wartile and what was the inspiration that made you really want to do that game
2: yeah it's uh <clears throat> It's uh, it's 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 just something that that uh, so I had just uh, quit uh, or resigned from IO uh, and uh, I, I, maybe I, I should have made like uh, more plans about uh, what I was uh, wanted to start working with, but I didn't. So I actually. On my first uh, day off, I just uh, sat in the garden and, okay, so what should the concept be for this new game I'm, I'm going to make? Uh, so uh, Wartile came like a, a like it was like a lightning strike or something like that. Suddenly I just had the idea that uh, I wanted to create a game that resembled very much the, the feeling or the experience you have when you are playing with miniature figurines. Uh, I did that a lot as kids, and I guess... Most of our audience uh, did, in some way, play with uh, miniature figurines. Still do, either through board games, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, um, or on, on other other means. Um, so it it was it was this the feeling of of uh, playing with miniature fi- figurines. So it's actually. You know picking them up and okay this guy is gonna hit this one with his big uh, long sword and he has the uh, the magic shield of and then another figurine come in so so this feeling of of moving figurine pieces on this on these uh, boards that was kind of the key uh, and and that that made the game not belong to any specific genre so I didn't I mean, it was not, okay, it's going to be a real-time strategy game or it had to be a turn-based uh, game or it has to be one or another. It was it was trying to create a core game system that that gave you this experience of playing or moving around with these figurines. So this this was uh, pretty much the keystone, and it still is. It's still what's, what's drives us forward is like, when, when you play War Tile, it's just like you have like these three, four, five miniature figurines, each individual with different um, functions and stats and abilities and so on, and you pick them up and place them next to the enemy and so on. So And the action keeps going. It doesn't hold, but it's still paused at some time, so so it, it's, it's not really fast-paced, it's not really slow-paced, but it's still like, I still think we're trying to find the right pace, but it's it's just like you're sitting there, maybe as a kid or whatever, and you pick up the figurines and move them forward, and the enemy do the same, and, and so on. So, so that's kind of where it all started. It's creating this playful moment where you, you are with, with these figurines and the boards and the magic and the fantasy and everything.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that is all exactly what I liked about it. When I sat down and played it, um, I was a huge tabletop gamer as a kid. My dad had gotten me into Dungeons & Dragons. I grew up started playing Warhammer, playing D&D with people, playing all kinds of other tabletop games. So Wartile really blends the best of tabletop games and video games together.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Benny, do you have anything you want to add on that one?
1: I do have a question. Well, first and foremost, I've looked up the game. I have not had the pleasure to play it, but it looks awesome. And I'm going to be that guy on the outside that essentially doesn't really have the experience you know with tabletop games uh tyler has been trying to get me to play magic and all this other stuff and you know we're very different in that realm but you know when i look at that type of game i do remember you know briefly playing uh, dungeons and dragons as a kid but more with just the books without the figures and stuff like that so i can see where the passion comes from but my big question is Coming from a studio like IO and coming from a game like Hitman, you know, what was that transition like, you know, making one style game, you know, this action stealth uh, game into this tactical, you know, tabletop hybrid that, Mm. you know, I mean, it runs its own. It, It looks fantastic. As I said, I have not played it, but, you know, Tyler speaks extremely highly of it. And, you know, it's just. I wonder, you know, what, what does it take to like think about the process of saying, hey, you know, I have this one game that I worked on. This is my passion project. How do I take that experience, you know, from one genre to another? And kind of, you know, did you bring any elements, you know, from that style into Wartile?
2: No, it's, uh, I, th- I think actually there's two areas. So there's one that is like the, the visuals. The, the level of visuals we, we wanted to to have in, in wartime And then there's like the gameplay dynamics uh, and and on the visuals, uh, it was pretty clear from the beginning that I would like to have, uh, now Wartile is not a casual game, but it's, it's definitely not either a, a very complicated game. It's at the moment, pretty difficult. <laughs> But but it's 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 fairly easy to to learn. I mean, the the units fight themselves and so on. Uh, but I wanted a really high production value in the visuals uh, because it, it it needed to reflect the fantasy of these figurines. You had to when you looked at it, it had to look like small figurines. It also had to look like. Uh, the diorama battle boards and, and it, it just had to be beautiful to look at and, and I think that comes from my my background as environment artist uh, and um, so so uh, that's and and Hitman is looking uh, really great I mean that's a really really high level of production value it delivers so I mean I was used to to that from there on on the gameplay, it's it's very different the gameplay, of course, but but then again, uh, also with Hitman, you take you take um, you take an, I to say a, you start with a feeling. Uh, so in hitman' it's, it's very much about, okay, you can disguise like like um, like people in the environment. Uh, and 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 walk between uh, these people and the enemy guards, and they won't be able to see through your disguise. It's a feeling. It's 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 as a player. It's it's something that um, enforces you as a player, and 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 then you you start to to design the dynamics and the gameplay rules that kind of ties into that, uh, also that so that it becomes um, a, a, like a fun mechanic in the game. Uh, So, it it, it works on many levels and I think it's kind of the same when we sit down with Wartile. One thing that was really uh, hard was like the the timing of when could you move the units, could you move them? Was it a global timer that added a cooldown on all units at the same time or was it individual? And that was something we played uh, played with or, or iterated with a lot. And it's very much about saying, okay, how how is the flow of the game? How does it feel when I pick up my units and and place them? Uh, how fast should the, the AI be? Um, how is it? How is it when you take your card and drag them onto the board uh, and, and and stuff like that? So it's 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 kind of the same uh, principles uh, moving from Iron Interactive uh, then into to Wartime. It's very much about. How is how is how is how does it feel when I play this? Uh, and and I think uh, on, on that aspect, uh, Hitman and Warthalt is is very much about the same. Uh, it's it's very much about how does it feel to play uh, many games uh, like the 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 fundamentals of the rules is is in front. So it's not so much about how it feels, but how it's how the mechanics um, are are blended together. Uh, um, uh, I think that that comes very much in real-time strategy games and turn-based games, which we are kind of in a family with. Uh, there, I mean, there's a lot of rules that that kind of stack on top of each other. But, but, but with Wartile, it's very much because it's, I think it's because it's still, it's real time, so it's very much about the flow uh, of, of the game. Um, does that answer <laughs> No, that, no,
1: that to- totally answers the question. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I, I can't expect, you know, similar mechanics and, you know, styles to translate into a different genre like that. But I can see that, you know, the core of the mechanics and the presence of, having these rules to follow and, you know, you have the guidance, but you somewhat have freedom to kind of, you know, take your characters in in the case of wartile and do whatever you want to do with them, you know, in a strategic way. I think that's very empowering, empowering. And, you know, again, seeing the game, it it makes me want to try to play the game. It's very intimidating because I can see myself getting destroyed and kind of throwing my, you know, throwing my keyboard or something, I'm telling Tyler, why would I? Why would I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. But um, now, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm totally cool with that because at the end of the day, we live in a world where you know everything is being remastered, remade, uh, re-inspired, whatever word you want to use with the re in there, and you know, is not a lot of room for innovation and fresh. And then you know when the email conversation started with, with, with this, I saw, I said, you know, you don't see much in in that realm. And I think it's really cool. Like the first thing I kind of thought of just being somebody from a different world of playing games, not like that, you know, I kind of thought, Oh, well, maybe you guys would have like interactive, you know, figures that would kind of accommodate that, I guess, like Warhammer, I believe is like that. But um, it doesn't seem like you need that because the idea is that you want to You're letting people recreate it, so I I think games that I've ever seen in that similar style, you know, the figures are there, but they're they're uh, they're static. There's Mm -hmm. no animation. There's no style. There's no art to them, and I think that that's a really nice touch that you added. And I can definitely see, you know, where you brought in that 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 design experience you had uh, prior, and it it shows. But yeah, you totally answered the questions. I appreciate that.
0: So, what do you think your biggest challenge was? I mean, building your own company from the ground up, leaving IO. What was what was the most difficult part of that entire process for you? Mm. Yeah,
2: I think I think, um, uh, I think uh, I've tried. to actually, uh, there's uh, that's three aspects uh, in it. Um, I think in uh, as an indie developer. Um, now this this goes uh not i mean right now i think as an indie, develop, indie uh, developer it is to to get all ends to match kind of uh because uh with a small studio you have to attend to all the the different areas of of game development and running a business um and uh and I mean that also goes into driving marketing and public relations uh handling your community uh handling your team um, I mean getting funding for for i mean to be able to survive uh making the game uh meeting the deadlines in your studio or the production i mean it's 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 being being able to carry that many hats without it uh, letting I mean uh, it weighting you all the way down. Right. Uh, so it's it's also a huge uh, psychological press pressure. I mean you really need to I mean the the first I think the first few months when we really got started i had many like uh, many sleepless nights where you were like oh we have no money uh, how will it ever end and uh, where do we find get funding and uh, when when will we meet the deadlines and uh, and and so on so so these 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 periods and learning how to handle that pressure is i think that's one of the biggest challenges because it's something you learn i mean today I have much more ice in my stomach than I had uh, uh two years ago um i'm I'm better at uh, making prospects of what's going on what's going to happen uh five months from now or two months or one year from now um, that's that's one thing I think that's very much also just about me as a person I think uh, another big challenge is also to get the your private life to finding a, 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 a good balance in your private life, because uh, running an indie studio is a lot of work. Uh, so you work so much and with a, a wife and three kids, that's, uh, that you have to find a, a really good balance. And I mean, uh, your family really have to be devoted investors in, 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 in your ambition to do to do this. Uh, because it's it's I mean I I started when when I started uh Playwood project I said to my wife it's gonna be one year and then we have released a game uh, on iPads actually uh, at that time and now it's three years later um, and we had a son in between so he's two years old now um, so that wasn't really planned but uh, but hey we're still around. And together, so that's uh, that's good. Um, I think as a studio uh, with WarTile, our biggest challenge is to to run the production while being in in early access. So that's I mean, it's really rewarding because you can you can communicate uh, or you can have a dialogue with the community, and you can get a really good uh, idea of of the game you're making through their perspective so they have it in their hands they have been paying money for it i mean we have we have had it uh, in in closed uh, alpha for quite a while where people get like free copies but the moment the moment our our customers are paying you know close to $20 or something like that for the game they have different expectations and i think that's have been really really healthy for us to to to, to get the feedback uh, from them uh, because they like they have uh, a different level of um, uh, I mean the ex- expectation they have a different level of expectations for for the product uh, so so that that is really good it's, but it's also really hard to to make sure that the the game runs smoothly that there's no like critical box. That every time we do a patch or a major update, we have to uh, ensure that that we don't destroy the save games or, 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 or release uh, something that has a lot of bugs in it and stuff like that. So, as a small indie studio, that that take that gives us some or gives us some downtime where we cannot do the actual production. So, so that's also one of our biggest challenges but it's also one of our biggest rewards so it's uh, it's good and bad i think
0: yeah absolutely i mean being a small studio you get to see the direct result of the hard work that you yeah, yeah, do as opposed to on something like hitman where you're like hey i did this thing and it's awesome but there's a portion of the gaming population that is never going to see that ever no. they may play the game for five minutes and they may play a the game for five hours and they may never get to see the part of the game that you made Whereas being part of such a small studio, you know for a fact that anyone who plays your game is going to see the stuff that you did and see the work that you put in. Yes. Feedback can go directly to you from the player, Yeah. and I feel like that would be extremely rewarding.
2: Yeah, it uh, it is very rewarding. But it's also, I mean, you can also get not frustrated, but maybe because, you know, when you release a game in early access, you know that it's only... 70 percent done or 80 percent done and you know that some features they are not where you want them to be so so you 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 might have a lot of plans of what's going to happen and then you have players going and say hey this is not good enough and this is not good enough and this is not good enough which you know uh, but then you're like yeah but it's gonna be much better just in a few weeks just uh, let us in a few weeks and so so i mean it's it's like you are hanging your dirty underwear for public view yeah, uh, that's true. and and uh, but, but I mean it's it's still really good but it's like uh, ah but this is going to be much exactly what you mentioned here is coming with the next update and and so on so but i mean it's that's that's part of the deal and part of being in early access um, and i actually i think uh, a huge part of the community is really good at Understanding like the the level of development that or the state that the game is in, so uh, so it's it's not many who's uh, who's really tough, I think, on, on 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 criticizing the game because I mean, early access is such a big part of I know uh, the Steam shop at the moment, uh, on good and bad. I think also a lot of people. Uh, prevent early access titles uh, because they have been let down too many times
0: oh yeah that's a really interesting perspective on early access that i really never looked at before it's very much like air in your dirty laundry you're just like hey we're working to make this game tell us what you think well like you said it's only 75 percent of the way done lots of people don't understand what early access is so they go in expecting it to be this full release game and don't really get the concept of early release at all so that's a very interesting perspective on that. Benny is a content creator himself, so I'm sure he has some interesting perspective on releasing something to the public and waiting for the feedback.
1: No, I mean, honestly, like, um, my biggest concern and stuff like that would be when you're vested in, in, in doing stuff that you're so passionate about, and then you, you get that feedback, and the feedback is kind of leaning you in a different direction. You know, do you feel with early access that you had people saying hey you know what I don't like this I think you should do it this way but you had your business model set to you know get that 80-90% a certain way did you ever have to change anything uh, during the development where it pretty much accommodated the the player
2: and removed something that you wanted to put into the game I have two answers on on this one and I the the biggest uh thing is that our game is some call it a hybrid between real-time strategy and turn-based so we have uh, a huge part of the community or yeah community being uh dedicated turn-based players and this is very natural uh but wartime is not uh, turn-based so uh so they are disheartened or discouraged by the fact that it's not uh, turn-based. Uh, and I think the moment they see it all with the tiles and the figurines, they're like, ah, oh, this looks awesome. I would really, really like to to play this. And then they figure out that, ah, oh, it's not really turn-based. It's something else. And then it creates, we have a thread in, in, in the Steam form where, uh there's a lot of arguments of why it should be turn based but as i mentioned before we set to create a certain feeling when playing a uh, war tile and uh and and we are very very uh directed or we are very um, focused on on staying on that pa- path um so it's 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 something that we we have to explain. It's kind of we have to explain ourselves and justify our decisions uh, on why we do as we do, uh, and we do it because we we love what we are doing, and we are passionate about making exactly this uh, experience. Uh, but but it's it's some people, and I understand why, are really hard to convince, even just to try it, or maybe just to watch a gameplay movie uh, of, of what it could be, uh, because uh, still a large portion of our users are from the turn-based category, and they really like uh, Wartide. Um, they enjoy it. Uh, it's it's different. It's a, it's a snack. It's it's just something different than, than all the other really cool turn-based games out there. Uh, so on, on on exactly this uh, regard, it's, it's we, we are staying on path, um, but but we are also having uh, getting a lot of very constructive feedback that kind of kind of forces us, but but we are not unwillingly doing it. But we are realizing that that to to uh, reach a certain access, accessibility of of the game, like and and usability of the game, we have to comp- go into compromise uh, compromises of some of our UI decisions, um, especially maybe when the way we control the cards, um, and and maybe also on how much information do we want to give the player on different battle stats and, and something like that. Uh, because in the beginning, we didn't give any, almost any information because it was just, you you just dropped into this and you had the figurines and they were fighting and you should be able to watch is, is it going good or is it going bad and stuff like that. But a big part of our, our audience want more information on what's going on. And because they're very strategical minded, and i think that's uh, that is definitely something we listen into and and we are looking into how can we how can we bring these two things together in the best possible way
1: well, i think that makes a lot of sense and i'm happy to hear that you are sticking to your guns you know and the, <laughs> and but at the same time you're getting the respect from the players because you know there are games out there in the past that you know can't think of anything off the top of my head but i know that there's been battles where you know the the gamer pretty much says, you know what? Yeah, you made the game, but you made it wrong. This is how you should be making it. You know, and then you'll have, you know, modders go out there and they'll tweet the game their own way. And obviously in this case, it would be an extreme case of, of changing mechanics, but I don't think that that's something that would be uh, done in this case based on the feedback it seems like you're getting has been, for the most part, you know, constructive in a positive way. Mm. And that, you know, just kind of showing you the passion and the hope of, you know, I guess some far-fetched mindset can be like, hey, you know what? We 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 like what you're doing. We get it. We can appreciate it. You think maybe down the line you can kind of add, you know, add the mechanic or tweak it. You know, like have a different mode, stuff like that. You know, it's it's tough as I can imma- I can imagine you know having this mindset, having this passion, and then surprise, you know, people want it completely different. But at the same time, they're willing to you know, take that into account and, and still enjoy the game. Mm. And I'm happy to hear that they're doing that. That's really awesome. Mm. But I had one other question before I cut you off, Tyler, because I heard you breathe. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know all of the time that you put into to the, in, in managing uh, the community and everything else with the business. Do you have time to play games? And if so... What are you playing? And it can't be War Tile.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's one can, of the
1: times I wrote. It can, but what else?
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't have I don't have time to play mostly, uh, okay. but I, I, I do it sometimes, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, I actually, I just bought a few games, but I, I've been playing Dota. I play Dota a lot which is really fast-paced, uh, competitive, uh, you know, multiplayer or a battle arena kind of game. So uh, so that, right now, I play a lot. And then uh, I just tried uh, Warhammer, uh, the new um, uh, Total War Warhammer uh, thing uh, that came out a year I ago. I think
1: Tyler's playing that too. Am I correct, Tyler? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course
2: <laughs> That's awesome. but,
1: i mean it's good that you 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 try to fit the time obviously i i can understand as a developer especially in the you're spending hours upon hours and days upon days you know grinding down to to get the passion going and like you said you have to have that balance for the family which we can yeah. all understand and respect you know we both have kids as well and You know, we have day jobs outside of this. So we that's I mean, that's kind of the reason for the name of the show. We press for time like we we squeeze whatever half hour hours we can to do this because we love it. We're passionate, you know, so we we really appreciate, you know, you showing us that, you know, that outside perspective in in the industry that that balance is still important, you know, because sometimes you, you can see. The outside and you can think people are getting kind of lost in, in the world and you know sometimes you don't know it's like hey does it matter that they have families you know what's what's really the priority yeah. and yeah the, the challenge is, is balance and it's really great to hear your perspective of, of that tyler you can talk now
0: <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate the permission no i was going to say the same thing let's shift the focus for a minute and talk about you michael and ask exactly that what have you been playing a lot of and what's your favorite game if you had to pick just one game what would your favorite game of all time be
2: i wouldn't pick one title because with games the the thing with games is that they they become part of your personality they become part of your memory and and you know it's because you're so immersed in the game um I think it's very very different than, than than movies movies you you kind of chop them up uh, it's one or two hours they can, they can have an impact on you but but games uh, is often uh, many hours you spend and you make the decisions you you empathize with the characters in the game or you play the characters in the game and and, and so I think that my favorite games depends on which games can I remember made an impact on that specific year or that specific period of my life? Uh, so I actually mentioned, I actually written down a lot of games that kind of, that I just remember when when I mentioned that game, I can exactly remember what type of person I was at that time. I remember what type of... Friends I had, uh, how awkward I was towards girls, and uh, how nerdy I was. Uh, or I can remember, oh, when I played that game, it I I, I sneaked in uh, this classroom at the school and turned on the computer and, and played it instead of listening to the lessons. And you, I, I think that's the magic with with games. It's it's kind of, it's kind of become uh, a brand in your memory of of just like. Uh, uh, your your life memory. So, I'm I'm gonna start uh, with uh, that, that's naming. Well said, by the way. It's well said. <laughs> so, and uh, the first is not a, a computer game, but it's kind of where everything started for me. It was Dungeon Dragons. Uh, I played so much & Dragons. Actually, in the house where I live now, we have a summer house in the backyard, uh, because my mo- mom actually built this house, and she had uh, like a summer house before. But she didn't remove it. So so I spent hours and hours out there, uh, living there in the summer, actually, playing Dungeons & Dragons with friends coming by. And, you know, so that was amazing. Then uh, at the same time, this is many years ago. It's like more than 30 years ago, right? So Donkey Kong on, uh, you know, Beep Beep, uh, Beep Beep Games. We call it Beep Beep Games. Uh, then uh, the, the this...
1: tiny, like, handheld that look like the arcade games.
2: Yeah, Style. these very small double double screen uh, yes. things. Yes, yes, very yellow, yeah. I remember that as being really early. Uh, then I played uh, I, and I'm gonna I probably gonna remember a few games later, but uh, another world I remember very well uh, on uh, I think it was on the Commodore 64 or the Amiga 500. Uh, it just sticks to me uh, because it it's it's it had it has very immersive uh, art uh, style, North and South also coming from Amiga 500, Sensible Soccer. Uh, later it became so, the King's Quest series. I remember those because that was kind of, together with Dungeons and Dragons, that's when I the King's Quest actually, okay, there, okay. So that was where I started learning English because uh, we could not uh, use Google Translate at that time. So you had like these huge English uh, dictionaries. So my My main language is Danish, so so, and we were, I think I don't know what we were ten, twelve, thirteen at that time. So we were uh, looking words up so we could write, pick up the yellow flower. So in uh, King Square, you had to write everything down that you 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 did. So if you had to talk to another guy, you can say, tell him, ask him where the castle is and stuff like that. Uh, moving forward, uh, remember Hitman, Codename 47, the first Hitman game, because it, it, as I remember, it was kind of the first free roaming game. You could like approach your target from all kinds of uh, uh, directions and use different m- means to kill your target and stuff like that. Uh, really amazing game. Uh, Starcraft and Warcraft, I played that a lot. Uh, I remember uh, my girlfriend was working and when I got off from school, I went to, you know, they have uh, gaming cafes. At that time, they don't have many uh, now, but they, where they stack together a lot of computers, and you pay by the hour. Hour, right? Yeah, uh, I, I miss I miss those days. Yeah, I I went in there when I got off school, and I was like staying there to the after in the evening, and I went to my girlfriend, and I mean that was pretty expensive in the long run. I also remember Battlefield for, uh, 1942 uh, because it was such a charming game uh, when you play with your friends that you could uh, fly in the airplanes and sit into tanks and uh, you could throw mines and I mean it was it was amazing. Uh, it has so many it had so many really fun and good uh, moments uh, playing that game. Counter Strike. I think that was uh, the first time I started playing really competitive. I was in a Counter Strike clan where we uh, meet on, I think it was Skype or something like that in the evening, and and and, and battle against other teams in, in Counter Strike. That uh, was also amazing. Uh, I also had EverQuest in. I think I skipped it. EverQuest. I mean, uh, that was. I mean, that was so hardcore. It's insane. It, it's these. Uh, what are the MMORGP uh, games? Right. And uh, that game last lasted for many years. It, the The server uh,
1: stayed up for, like I believe, over a decade, if not longer.
2: Yeah, and and it was, I mean, the usability was so bad compared to World of Warcraft. Uh, I mean, I, I just remember playing uh, EverQuest. I really, really loved it, but you could. You could like start in one end one end of the world and you could travel throughout the world with ships and teleports and stuff like that and then when you arrived after uh, traveling for almost one hour you could say oh i'm finally here and you you stepped out and then you got killed by an orc or something like that and then you oh oh i forgot to uh, to i think you have to bind your your soul at the local inn and if you've got to do that, you would spawn back where you started, and you have oh. to naked travel all the way back to your corpse.
1: <laughs> and that's a that's a full nope.
2: No thanks. <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's> a, <laughs> I would I would have never played yeah,
2: that. <laughs> no, but it was insane, and you have to travel throughout the uh, through the world naked with no oh. weapons, and any monster you met on on that path could kill you. So you just have to run. And I mean, that was just insane. But it I it had a, I have a lot of good memories.
0: And then awesome. World of
2: Warcraft came. That would change the world. Changed ah, the world. Totally. Totally. I mean, it was uh, everybody could play that game, and it was amazing. Except for me. Except for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't play it because I, I, same guy, I'd go walk out there and I'd get killed. I don't know if you ever oh. watch South Park, they had that episode with, you know, these guys, kids are just trying to play and you got random guys just killing you. Yeah, I would not. Uh, Work well right. for me <laughs>
2: yeah, that. well a lot of people enjoyed it
1: <laughs> so. oh, i i've I've seen a lot of good things, and yeah. you know i can i can I can appreciate the game and I can yeah. watch other people play it but yeah that, me and me and games like that don't get along no, no.
2: <laughs> but i mean um but i think uh especially War, World of Warcraft I played also that with my my wife uh, so we had two trolls uh Actually, just named uh, female and male uh, kind (laughs) of of stuff. So, uh, and I mean that you just have a lot of shared memories uh, going through adventures and games like that. I remember also Skyrim, The Witcher Three. The Witcher Three kind of set the standard for adventure game, that type of adventure games. I think amazing music and art and story, just like yeah. Uh, I've written Dota. Dota because I played uh, a lot. I played with friends and uh, and Longest Journey, War of Mine. These are indie games, uh, Total War Shogun, uh, and, and Water, of course, moving forward. Cool. Uh, oh, today. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a really great uh, variety of cool. games and, you know, I can say the same with Tyler. We play a lot of different things, and I think that that's really, really key when it comes to an appreciation of a video game. And I think it's awesome that you tied into the memories aspect because I feel the same way and I look at that the same way when a lot of people talk about video game music. That's the first thing I always talk about. You know, everybody knows me as a hardcore Legend of Zelda, Kingdom Hearts guy, but when they ask me, like, my favorite music, believe it or not, Castlevania is my number one over zelda Mm -hmm. so it just comes down to memories you know i remember playing those games and i was humming castlevania way more than i was humming zelda because i was more immersed in the game and then castlevania was more immersed in the music Mm -hmm. so it's just those memories like they they define who we are as a gamer Mm -hmm. and i think it's really cool that you you had so many different games over these years but there were so many different ones you know, like I, I think that's awesome. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear you say like Battlefield, you know, because and, <laughs> and, you know, you seem very passionate into the strategy type game. So it's 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 awesome to hear that you play a little bit of that. And of course, you had the courage to play EverQuest. So yeah. uh, you, you get a you get a clap for that. Uh, that that incident happened to me in uh, Fallout Four once. I played the game for almost two hours. And I didn't know, well, Fallout 3, I'm sorry. Uh, and I forgot or didn't realize at the time that you had to save. And I'm like, you know, it's been yeah. really quiet. And all of a sudden I just get bombarded and I had to start at the beginning of the game. Oh, I said, never wow. again, never again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then the only time I ever went back is when I reviewed Fallout 4, which is like light years, you know, d- different for me. So kudos to having the patience for stuff like that, you yeah. so, know. But talk have anything
0: else,
1: Kyle? Right oh, don't yeah, get me
0: started.
1: Don't yeah. get me started on Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> I played the four in the morning last night, this morning.
0: It'll tear you up, man. Michael, do you have anything you want to add? Anything you want to say while well, we've got you on here before we close out for the day?
2: Um, no, I don't know. It's I think uh, just as a, as a gamer, I think the variety is so important, and I think we are heading into, and have been for a few years, into a really, really nice period where so many types of games approaching uh, or, or making it true, uh, like from the indie scene, where innovation and, you know, uh, being able to, to do something different uh, is, is possible. And I think uh, it's very important that we embrace this variety, variety uh, and, and support it. Uh, because if we all go call of duty uh, or some of these major blockbusters uh we just lose this variety and and i think uh, i think it's it's such such a important step for for the whole gaming industry to to move forward and and reach different different areas and different branches and and, uh, and challenge us in in different ways so that's
1: yeah, kind of. Interesting. Well, well said once again. Wise wisdom from you. We appreciate that. That's awesome, Tyler. You have anything else?
0: If people want to follow you, Michael, say on social media or anything like that. I know you have the game. Obviously, everyone everyone needs to go out and download War Tile to play and definitely give it a shot. But if people want to follow you personally, is there anything you want to plug on here? Any other projects you want to plug? while we've got you on.
2: I think secrets. It's, secrets. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, on, on, on Twitter and Facebook, uh, it's me uh, sitting there. Uh, so I think that's, I, I also have a Twitter account, but it's like Rud Jacobs, uh, Snappler Jakobs. It's not easy to find. Uh, so, I mean, if people want to hook up uh, on on me, just they can just go on, on the face, Tile Facebook or, or Tile Twitter, and, and that, that, that's me
0: for the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Benny, give them yours.
2: Give me
1: what? <laughs> your plugs, man. I ain't getting no plugs, man. I got your plugs. Well, you know, the, you know, the usual. I am at It's Benny Rose, I-T-S-B-E-N-N-Y-R-O-S-E. Our podcast is G-A underscore uh, press four time the, with the number four. And Tyler is that games guy. Uh, and... We spend a lot of time on GamingAge.com doing reviews, impressions, uh, hoping to get some more event coverage down the line uh, with shows coming up. Tyler's hoping to get out to San Diego Comic-Con. I will be covering New York Comic-Con. We're hoping to do more great interviews like this. Michael, we really, really, really appreciate the time. It, It was an awesome interview. And you had some really great insight, and you've gotten me interested in playing more tiles. So you get a thumbs up for getting me to do something that Tyler couldn't do. Because <laughs> Tyler has tried.
0: <laughs> I have. I've tried to get Benny to branch out into more of the fringe gaming that I like.
1: I'll just oh. I'll stick by Glutton for Punishment with Dark Souls.
0: <laughs> I'll follow pretty much the same things that Benny just said. Thank you so much for being here. I said this at the beginning, and I'll say it again now. We truly could not do this without folks like you being willing to come on and take the time to talk to us. If there's ever anything that we can do for you, just let us know. If you need something covered or want to come on again and discuss something else, just reach out to us. You have our email. You can follow us on Twitter. Just let us know. We are always looking for, like I said, industry insight. So thank you. Thank you very much for being here.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure. Anytime.
0: So, that will conclude this week's episode. This has been Pressed for Time, a Gaming Age podcast. I'm Tyler, we had Benny, and Michael from Playwood Projects. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Take care and have fun.